0: to welcome the 5K Challengers. Um, This is your first podcast for the Train Like a Mother Club members, and many of you guys are either running for the first time or coming back to it after an injury, a pregnancy, or an unexpected layoff, because that's life sometimes, right, Sarah?
1: Oh, most definitely, those unexpected layoffs, yes.
0: Unexpected layoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, we are thrilled to have Cassie Dimmick on the podcast. She is the complete package. Not only is she a mother runner, but she's also a sports nutritionist, a personal trainer, and a running coach. She lives in Springfield, Missouri, and her business is called Achieving Your Best. We have a ton of questions from y'all. Throwing in a little, you know, southern twang. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for sending them in and and putting them up on the Facebook page. And we're going to do our best to hit as many of them as we can. The majority of the questions we got revolve around eating, fueling for runs and races, and being hungry both on and off the road. Maybe it's hungry on the road and hangry off the road, right?
1: (laughs) Or unless you're driving your kids in carpool and then you might be hangry on the road. (laughs) This
0: is true. (laughs) Behind the wheel, yeah. And you're like, quiet, just quiet. (laughs) I just need need to
1: concentrate just for a minute.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Cassie, thanks for joining us. She is taking time out of her spring break in South Texas to um, lend her expertise.
2: That's right. I've been saying y'all a, a lot while I've been down here.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, we just wanted to get you warmed up, make you feel. It
2: that's bad. right. <laughs> okay, so a lot
0: of the questions started um, revolve around carbs, and uh, is that's a you know an easy four letter word, five letter word if you make it plural, um, but it is a tough concept sometimes to grasp, especially because they are such important fuel. So, Cassie, just um, for the introduction, can you talk about carbs and what role they play in running? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, and this is one of the most common questions that I get. And carbs, you know, some people love carbs, some people hate carbs, some people have a love-hate relationship with carbs. And so, uh, but they really are the main source of fuel for runners. So they are very important for runners and people who are not active, don't need to think about them as much or need to eat as much of them as people who are active. So uh, their primary role is really to fuel your muscles and more importantly what I always tell people it's for fueling your brain and your brain controls your muscles and so when your brain is happy and well-fueled then it will actually use more muscles when you're exercising, allow you to run faster and longer which is always nice. And you'll feel more energetic and not as hangry, mm-hmm. uh, whenever you're eating enough carbs to support your workouts. So, um, so those are you know all the roles that carbohydrates play. So they are very important. Okay, great. Okay, so the first
0: question is coming from Katie about carbs. She says, I love carbs. But of course, not all carbs are created equal. Where should I be focusing my carb love? (laughs) And let's, um, let's take this with the idea of we're eating day to day, we're not quite running yet. So so what kind of good, what are the carbs that she wants in her body just to, to, for everyday existence and to, to become the best runner she can be?
2: Yes, and I love starting with this approach because you really do need to have that healthy base of day-to-day eating that is supporting your body and improving your health so that you can be the best runner that you can be. So I, I love starting here, and, um, and that is very true. Not all carbs are created equal, and so um, you know think I like to tell my clients to think about eating carbs that make your body work a little bit to digest and absorb them, which, you know, it slows down the digestion process and helps you feel full longer. And it also decreases how quickly your body releases insulin, which we'll talk a little bit more about insulin. Uh, Because when you produce a whole lot of insulin, because you're getting those really quickly absorbed carbs, then your body likes to go into fat storage mode. And that's not what most people want. Um, So those whole food carbs that are hard to digest are things like oats and sweet potatoes, beans, corn, winter squash, um, those things that are not really processed, you could just grow and eat them right when you you know, harvest them without doing anything. They don't need food labels. You know, Those are some of the best carbs that you can eat. Fruits are also really, really good um, sources of carbohydrates, and a lot of people forget about those, so you can use those for your carbohydrate at a meal or a snack. Um, and then dairy also has some carbohydrates. The natural sugar in dairy is a healthy carbohydrate. The added sugar to dairy is not healthy, but the natural stuff, is and so, and you can see on the food label if they've added sugar or not. Um, but you know, the ones that you want to focus on are those good, healthy, um, whole food carbohydrates. And some grains like quinoa and brown rice and um, whole wheat, those are also healthy, but you just have to be careful because a lot of them are overly processed. And anytime it's really processed and easy to absorb, it's not going to be as healthy for your body. Um, And sugar is really the least healthy thing. You know, that's something that um, the smallest amount of your carbohydrates should come from. And, um, you know, I like for people to use real sugar, like in homemade treats or, you know, homemade cookies, things like that, quality dark chocolate. Um, And so not doing the processed food that is usually high in fructose. And um, just a quick note about fructose, it is process differently in your body so it goes straight to your liver and it can cause an increase in your triglycerides which is an unhealthy fat um, if you have too much of it in your body and so and it's just really easy to get that insulin release and again insulin's a hormone that um, produces more fat storage and so um, you know those are things you want to try to diminish and um, and eating less of those really easy to digest sweeteners is how you do that So
0: back up for a minute, because, um, so brown rice and quinoa, like those are two, I always feel like those are like the, the holy grain, like the holy (laughs) grain carbs. I don't know what to say, but like, they're like, you know, they're the, the pinnacle. Right. And you said that they're not they're They're processed.
2: Well, they are processed in the way that they do. you have to get them off the plant, and they still have to process them down. They they are whole food, but they're just more processed than a sweet potato. So okay. I'm just you know giving you levels. They are still good, but I want I really like people to focus more on the you know sweet potatoes and and corn and beans. You know those kinds of things first, and then have some of those other grains in there as well. And um, and a lot of times people again people think that. Quinoa, anything with quinoa is healthy, and so um, you know, just regular plain quinoa that you make at home is is excellent. But the stuff that's processed, like the quinoa pasta, is not near as healthy as having something like a sweet potato. So, sure. Sure. Oh, and, um, and
1: and also then with that, if um, brown rice, I mean, you know, you can get the quick cook brown rice, or you can get the kind that takes like fifty five minutes to cook. So, faced with choice and lots of time, you're saying, are you saying that the longer the stuff that takes longer to cook is less processed to begin with
2: correct and so and i know people are busy and that's one reason that i do focus on things like the sweet potatoes and beans and you know those are really faster to cook than the 40 minutes or whatever it takes to cook brown rice um that's not going to be parboiled already and salt added and things that they do to make it cook faster mm. um which also again makes it absorb faster so
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So, um
0: so wild rice is your best bet, right? I mean that's like eating. Oh, I'm not used to make wild rice soup all the time and I was just saying I love it. I mean it's very good, but it's it's definitely like a
2: long time to
0: cook.
1: It's Very toothsome. Yeah, it's very toothsome. It's like yeah. nope, still chewing. Tootsome. Still chewing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. So Because your body does have to work to digest those and that is a good thing, you know, um, in general on your day to day nutrition. So Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, and things, um, that are processed are a lot easier to eat a lot more of quickly. And that, you know, is another thing that tends to be unhealthy for people. Cause we just, before you know it, you've eaten way too much and, mm-hmm. and, uh, that's not a good thing. <laughs>
0: That's true, actually. Yeah, I mean, because you can just, like, suck down thin mints, right? One after the other, right? Where, like, you you know, one in the amount of time it takes me to eat, like, one, you know, spoonful of wild rice, I could have eaten, like, six thin mints in that time, right? Exactly, yeah.
2: So they just dissolve right in your mouth. They go straight (sighs) to the liver. Oh, but they're so good. (laughs) I know. I saw a funny thing uh, on Facebook about those. A post that someone put, you know, how many of these thin mints do I need to eat before they start working? I love it. <laughs> totally, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and so do you think? Um,
0: it's and Sarah. Let me just finish up with this one sure. question, yeah, yeah. And, and then I'd love for you to ask the next question. Um, but and Melissa is asking, "How do you manage the amount of carbs you eat?" She says she runs thirty miles a week and she's at a healthy weight, but her A one C, which I'm not sure what that is, but she says it puts her in a pre diet range, barely, but still. So how does she keep fueling herself properly, but also keeping an eye on carbs?
2: Yeah. And this is a great question. And for those of you, you know, I'll explain what A1C is. Uh, but it's hemoglobin A1c and it's a blood test. And if you don't know what yours is, you should absolutely get that tested. Uh, What that shows us is it's a three month picture of what your average blood sugar has been. So, um, and her level is probably, it's a percent. And, And if you think about your red blood cells, Some of them get coated with sugar and that tells us, it's just a kind of, it's an easy way to think about this, but that's the percentage of how many of those red blood cells are coated with sugar and coated with sugar is not a good thing. And so the higher, higher, (laughs) it's not not a pretty cake. it's
0: It's not good. Like, you know, dark chocolate covered all
2: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> It seems good, but it's not. So, um, but so the higher the percentage, the more of those red blood cells are coated in sugar. And, um, and that is not a good thing. And that tells us also how your body handles carbohydrates and not everyone handles them the same. So, um, you know, you're, a red blood cell has a half-life of three months. So every three months, it'll, your, your blood cells kind of turn over. And so if you have one red blood cell, it lives for three months and then it dies and another one is produced. And so that's where that three month number comes in. So with her um, hemoglobin A1C was probably above, you're looking for something under 5.6 um, is what your goal is. If it's above, if it's 5.7, that puts you in the pre-diabetic range. And so, um, you know, that's when you really need to say, okay, my body's not handling carbohydrates well. And so I need to work on decreasing that, um, the amount of carbs and helping my body handle them a little bit better. So, um, and this is going to get into a little bit of d- details, uh, but I really think it's important for people to understand, um, what insulin does, but insulin is like a key that gets the sugar from your bloodstream into your cells where it can fuel your body. And so the normal reaction for people is you eat you eat carbohydrates, your body produces insulin, but hopefully you've eaten those slow-release carbohydrates, and so you're not overwhelmed and your body has to produce too much insulin, but um, your pancreas makes insulin. And so it releases that, and that get, is that key that gets the sugar to where it can be used. Whenever your cells become what we call insulin-resistant because you um, your body isn't handling the sugar very well then you have to produce more insulin to make your sugar go from your blood into your cells so and like it's, a, a, it's a
0: kind of like a bigger key
2: almost yes well it's okay. like, it is kind of you know your cells become resistant to that key think of you know you having to have a different key or more keys you know to do okay. it and so insulin if you have too much of it again causes more fat gain and then your sugar stays in your bloodstream instead of getting in your cells which makes you hungry and makes you eat more sugar, and then it's a, this just this big loop of a reaction that your body has, and it ends up making you gain weight, causing your blood sugar to be high, which is bad for everything you, that your blood encounters in your body, which is everything in your body, and so um and then that can cause your pancreas to wear out and make you um, diabetic, and so it's you know she has that the starting stages of that, and so what that's telling her is that. She needs to really control how many carbohydrates she eats more so than someone who doesn't have a higher hemoglobin A1C. Um, How you can really manage your carbohydrate intake, there are a couple of things that you need to do. So first, you need to focus on how you're eating carbs. And so again, the goal is to slow down digestion and produce less insulin. So focusing on the carbs that are harder to digest, like I discussed before, and then also eating protein and healthy fat with your carbohydrates helps slow down digestion. So for a snack, for example, you should not just eat a piece of fruit. You should add a protein and healthy fat with that. So you could do nuts or you could do um, you know, nut butter or you could add a boiled egg or something like that to help your body you know, with the absorption of that. It will slow things down. Um, also you know focusing carbs around exercise and decreasing them at other times during the day is important so you know pre-exercise you could have one or two servings of healthy carbs and then post-exercise have a couple one to two servings of healthy carbs and at other meals have more veggies fats and proteins and not have as many carbs so you know timing them around workouts is important um, so you know focusing on all of those things during the day, and then finding out how many carbs you really need. And for her, I would suggest having on the you know low end of what you would need um, for a day. And so um, I think it's easier sometimes with uh, serving sizes. And so you know she's training with thirty miles a week. Um, I would recommend a maximum of three servings a day total of grains and starches, which would be forty-five grams total for the day. And what
1: what does that look like? Describe that in real terms, please. In
2: real terms, yeah, that would be like one slice of, you know, some sort of sprouted grain bread in the morning um, or a half a cup of oatmeal. That would be her breakfast, you know, one of those two. And then for lunch, maybe um, half a cup of beans on a salad. And then for dinner, a half a cup of roasted sweet potato. That would be the three servings maximum. And then, you know, that would be about half a cup if you're looking at a cooked starch for each meal, which isn't a whole lot when you measure it out.
1: It's not. <laughs> so, it's not. I'm thinking my mid-afternoon, you know, toast break, my sourdough toast is not I'm thinking I I'm might have to cut that out sometimes.
2: <laughs> but you you may handle carbs just fine though, you know, Mm. so, but for her, this is telling her she's, her body is not. So she really needs to restrict and she would get carbohydrates also from fruits. I would suggest for her maybe three fruits a day, which again is 45 grams of carbs. And that would be like an apple, um, a cup of berries and a banana, you know, something like that, a small banana. So, um, but again, have those fruits with a protein or a fat. So, um, You know, in days that she doesn't exercise at all, you know, most people have at least one day off, then, uh, you know, I would suggest really cutting back on those grains and starches um, to maybe one or two servings a day.
1: And then how would that differ then for someone who does not have this, you know, pre-diabetic range of their A1C?
2: Yes. And so that, you know, the, there, the ranges are a little bit different, so, and more flexible. And so I would, I suggest for most females running, you know, around 30 miles a week to 40 miles a week, somewhere in there, having four to six servings of starch a day. And that would be more like one cup at each meal.
1: Oh, now we're talking, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: You can have that whole piece of bread, yeah, we'll too. Right. We'll bless you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Speaking of bread, I'm just curious. So you said sprouted grain bread. Is that is like Ezekiel bread, you know, that you get in the freezer section? Is that like the holy it's the holy grail, that's what I was trying to think of, but I was thinking yes. great. <laughs> Is that like the kind of bread that's the most that's the hardest
2: to digest? Yes, it's very hardy and very hard to digest, and you're not going to eat four pieces of it, typically. (laughs) (laughs) Plus,
1: you're a real glutton for punishment. (laughs) Right, right.
2: So, yes, and that would be good for day-to-day bread. Now, you know, we'll talk about around workouts a little later, because you don't necessarily want things that are that hard to digest right before a run. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the sourdough, like uh, Dimity mentioned, that is excellent for before a run um you know right right around your workout cuz that's a little bit easier to digest and sour you know sourdough is a, is a good call and it tastes really good as well so
1: I do have to say it is cracked wheat sourdough from Trader Joe uh, so there is some yeah. it's not yeah. completely you know uh white so
2: <laughs> Yes which is good and when you're looking at breads I just have to mention cuz so, you know I'm I love bread but you really need to focus on a bread that has healthy ingredients and things that you would actually use when you make bread cuz if you mm-hmm. look at you know for example nature's own bread it's kind of the gold standard you know in or pepperidge farm they are 100% whole grain bread in the store there you know there are 20 different ingredients in there and if you have ever made bread at home it should maybe have five you mm-hmm. know five things in it so um it should just have the whatever flour it has or grain and yeast and salt and the, some sort of sugar for the yeast to use but not much and then water you mm-hmm. know and that's mm-hmm. it
1: yeah yeah So, um, shall we move on to carb heavy meals then, um, for that all important, the, the meal that you have before a long run, maybe in the morning or the dinner the night before, you know, what what do you recommend?
2: Yeah. So the dinner, the night before, you definitely need to have some healthy carbs. And I focus again, more on easy to digest veggies and protein there. So something like a roasted sweet and new potatoes or whatever kind of white potatoes that you like and some carrots for your veggies. Um, so they have lots of potassium in them. And you know, I usually roast them in olive oil and add salt and pepper and some other seasoning. I like rosemary or Italian kinds of things. Um, And then have a protein with that, like chicken or fish. That's a lot easier to digest than beef. And so I suggest one of those two. Um, And then if you don't, if you're a vegetarian, I don't know if anyone in your group is a vegetarian, but you could serve, you know, those uh, sweet potatoes and new potatoes and carrots on top of a bed of quinoa, you know, for a protein that comes from a grain um that's you know would be a good pre-run kind of fuel. So um and as far as amounts go, you know, one to one and a half cups of sweet potatoes would be plenty um to get enough carbs for a long run. Um sometimes people eat like four cups of pasta, which is really easy to do, but that is way too much. You know, you don't you just don't need that much. And it can really uh just still be stuck in your GI system, which can cause um lots of GI distress during your run the next day, which is not fun. What about if you are having pasta or, like,
0: you know, you're having a more kid-friendly meal than sweet potatoes, like, yeah. um, you know, rice and chicken or pizza yeah, rice, or something like yeah.
2: that? Pizza works great, but, again, you really only need two pieces of pizza and a small salad or, um, you know, or if you're doing rice, a cup of rice and, uh, you know, a stir fry or a grilled chicken or something like that. Um, you could do baked chicken strips. And, um, sweet potato fries, you know, as another option, my kids always like that too. Um, so I bake all of those things you could do. Um, if you're doing a pasta dish, about a cup of pasta would be all that you would need as well. One to one and a half cups of pasta. So, so that amount
0: would be oh. for whatever, you know,
1: kind Dimini's of hungry already. Dish.
0: I gotta say that does, that just feels like so little. I mean, yeah. a, a, one cup of pasta before I'm going for like an
2: 18 mile run the day before, the night before. You're- Well, really, when you're looking at carbs, you have to be running four hours or longer to really need to carb load. And so, you know, in that 18 mile run, maybe, you know, that may be up there, which is great. But that night before is not when you really need to focus on carbs. It's actually two and three days before. So that would be when you would really need to get a few more carbohydrates than just the night before, because you are not going to have enough time to digest that, get into your muscle muscle. Glycogen stores and be ready to go. That's just going to be still in your gut where it's not going to be very helpful. usable. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be
0: helpful. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, so if I'm going, so most people say they run long on Saturday morning. So, so they're really thinking about maybe having two cups of pasta on Thursday night or
2: Thursday. <laughs> yes. Cocoa Thursday race. is the most important day. Yes. But you still, again, you don't need to have a huge amount because. You know, your carb loading, yes, on the week before an actual race, and I actually have people practice this one day on, before maybe a 20-mile run on that Thursday, do a full carb loading day. And um, and that's about uh, 10, you know, 10 grams of carbs per uh, kilogram, which, you know, again, you find your kilograms by dividing by 2.2 from your weight. And so, um, so that's quite a bit of carbs. I know for me, you know, it's somewhere around – uh, five or 600 grams of carbs for the day and you just kind of divide that out so that would mean you would need maybe two cups of pasta um so but you still don't need to do that every week you don't need to carb load every week so um you know you're you're wanting to go your goal is to go into the run well fueled but not over fueled mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: so the idea is i mean so so if i'm hearing you correctly we are You know, with the exception of people like um, Melissa who might have a different situation, you want to just kind of keep a nice steady stream of carbs in your bloodstream, in your muscles, or in your muscles, they're not in your bloodstream, but in your muscles through the week with those healthy, hard to digest carbs. And so that you kind of always have them to call on and you just kind of top it off on a Thursday or Friday before your long run.
2: Does yes, that's that right. Okay. That is exactly right. Because it's okay. the day yes, to day nutrition and eating well after your workouts that really get those glycogen stores. You know, really amped up. And if you're training, you have more capacity to store glycogen. So your muscles can actually store more glycogen than someone who doesn't run. Mm. And so someone who's run for years and really, you know, efficient at it, their muscles can store some more glycogen than someone who maybe is just starting out, you know, and those sure. are you know, adaptations that you'll get the more that you train. So it does get a little easier um, to fuel yourself. Um, but, you know, when you're doing, when you start out with a 5K and you, you know, are doing shorter runs, you don't need as much either, you know. So, um, but, you know, you definitely get better at it and your body adapts. Your body also adapts to uh, burning fat more effectively as a fuel during exercise, which is really nice. And so the more you train, the more fat you burn too. Yeah. So- All right. All right. Well, do, you have a, do you have a question
0: related to that, Sarah?
1: I did. I did. We have Carla's yeah. question, which okay. um, you were alluding to um, You know, before shorter races. And Carla's question is, before a 5K race, is there any need to carb load the night before? And it sounds like the answer is no. She says that she normally has a grilled chicken sandwich and a salad, as she knows her stomach is okay with that. And that um, if, if it's cooler for breakfast, she might have oatmeal. If it's a little warmer, she might have a protein shake and half a banana. And she's always thought it was better to go a little light as it's only a 5K. And She wants to know if that's the best plan.
2: Yes, I would say absolutely. You don't need to carb load before a 5K. It'll actually slow you down if you try to do that. And so, uh, you know, keeping it light is perfect and fueling well that, you know, all the time leading up to it is what's going to help you have the best performance. So, uh, you know, and I like that she knows what she tolerates well, because that is so important. You know, one thing that works for, One person may not work for another person. And so, and she also has a really good balance with some healthy carbs from the bread, you know, that are pretty easy to digest because it's right before a race. And then she also has some easy to digest protein like chicken. Um, And then I'm assuming she has some healthy fats on her salad. She wouldn't want to eat too big of a salad, but, you know, a small dinner size salad's fine. Um, And then, you know, having uh, feeling satisfied but not full is a good goal before the night before a 5K.
0: Well, and that's a pretty a good goal for most races, isn't it? Because when you get yes. that over feeling, you, there's not like that must, you know, it's not going to get to your muscles. It's just going to sit in your gut, isn't it?
2: That's correct. And when you start running, you know, you're not going to be focused on digesting. And that's definitely something people need to understand because, you know, we, you can't, your body's not going to be digesting well when you're running. Running's very hard on your stomach. And so, um, and two people that tend to have the trots or have, you know GI issues in their lower gut whenever they run don't want a whole lot left in there when they start running and so it's much better to you know really focus on eating a few more carbs the you know, two days before your race and then keeping it really light and easy to digest. Kind of like when you, you know, are sick or have, you know, getting back from a stomach bug, like chicken noodle soup, potatoes, uh, pasta, rice, those kinds of things uh, the day before and not too much, you know, just feeling satisfied. That's awesome. So
0: so okay, I'm I'm headed out. I had my one cup of pot. Pa- I had two cups of pasta on Thursday night. <laughs> one cup of pasta on Friday night, and I'm going out for you know a long run on Saturday morning. What am I having for breakfast?
2: Good question. On a long long run for those um, you know 18 miles or over, really an hour and a half kinds of runs, you need to have. I do suggest having some protein and fat along with some carbs. And so um, you know, so something like again, what, what you tolerate, but oatmeal with maybe some chia seeds, those have protein and almond butter, those have protein and fat in them. Um, you could also do a boiled egg for your protein. Um, you could do a bagel instead of toast, or maybe it's a big piece of artisan, um, uh, cracked wheat sourdough that you have and put <laughs> almond butter on that. Um, that sounds really good, you know? Um, and so you, uh, so if you add um, a peanut butter and honey sandwich and put some salt on it, a lot of people like that, something that's oh, really salty. That sounds good. That yeah, sounds really good. salt, I like that yeah. idea a lot. So, yes. <laughs> um, and some people like to slice bananas or put raisins on that as well, just for a little, you know, something extra. So, you know, and about an hour – to two hours before you start is best. Some people sure. just aren't, you know, aren't going to wake up two hours, so an hour before is good. Uh, but I do like for people to always think about how they're going to be able to do that exact same breakfast on race day, and so you know, thinking about that. So that may be uh, it may be hard to make oatmeal, but uh, bagel or the sandwich may be better. Sure,
0: sure. Okay. Well, so now let's go from our kitchens to the road. And, um, and this is where people um, are struggling for sure, especially people who are in some longer races. So, I mean, can you tell me, and everybody's different, of course, but as a general rule, how many grams of carbs do you need for a long run? And let's classify a long run as, you know, 90 minutes or more.
2: Yes. And so I, I usually suggest most people can tolerate 60 grams of carbs per hour with their stomach. But again, everybody's different. So a lot of people I start if they haven't been getting near that, then I start them at 100, um, you know, 100 calories or about 20, 25 grams of carbs per hour. And then, um, and then I go up from there and just see how they're feeling. And I start that on their shorter runs during the week. And then, you know, we we figure out what they tolerate on those and then translate that to their longer run. Um, But, you know, again, it really depends on on how much people can tolerate with their stomach. Um, and some people just have sensitive stomachs and they can do a little bit less. But the, the most important thing is for people to start early in their run. And that's what I see a lot of people doing incorrectly is they start at maybe mile four or five or six, or you know maybe even mile three and that's you know, 30, 45 minutes or even an hour down the road for them. Um, so really ideally you would start fueling within the first 15 to 20 minutes. Wow, of your run, and wow. so yeah, because your stomach it only goes downhill from the start as far as how well you absorb, and so yeah, at the beginning is when you're really still absorbing pretty well and digesting pretty well because your stomach's not so stressed as, as it is at the end of your run, mm. and so that's when you really need to start your fueling, um, and then too that that early fueling stimulates digestion, and so your stomach is going to be more prone to digest better later if it starts early. Oh,
1: that's intriguing. Awesome. I'm thinking yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to practice this for my Boston training.
2: Yes, yeah. you do. So it really does help. And so when your stomach gets totally empty, so say you run for, you know, maybe 45 minutes or 30 minutes before you start something, your stomach, you know, especially if it's in the morning, does get pretty empty. And so, and research shows that it does not absorb and digest as well whenever you dump something on it when it's totally empty, as well as when it does whenever you do small, frequent amounts from the beginning.
1: Wow. Oh. And that's, would that be true even if someone was able to tolerate eating breakfast? um let's say 15 minutes before they head out the door would that rule still yes
2: because it again it kind of gets that stimulation going because your stomach tends to like to shut down whenever you're running and Mm -hmm. so and some people you know it's worse than others and so that you know again small frequent amount just keeps it going keeps the digestive juices flowing and Mm -hmm. your body absorbing so, um, so that's, you know, that really is helpful. And a lot of people feel a lot better at the end of their run. If they start early, it makes wow. a huge difference. Wow. wow okay. Sarah, that's yeah. like a, we learned something.
1: I know and we went, uh, well, you I know, and are I are both like, like, wow, all the time, wow. That's
2: awesome. <laughs> well, just
0: for, um, for, uh, reference one, one goo has 25 grams of carbs. That's not, so we're looking at almost having like Two and a half per hour if you do just gels, right?
2: That's correct. And so, you know, and that's a lot of gels to tolerate, you know. Yes, it is. I usually suggest doing um, a combination. And so, and there are lots of different ways you can do it. But most people... Uh, that I work with can tolerate one gel per hour if that, you know, if they tolerate gels at all. And so I usually do that, you know, I do it in every fifth, usually I try to do 15 minute increments. So instead of by miles, because it really depends on your pace and, you know, everything. So uh, 15 minute increments. So you're doing something four times every hour. And so um, you would take in, you know, usually around three to four ounces, um, you know, maybe six if you're a real heavy sweater of fluid. And then you could do either a couple of um, the goo chews or the or one cliff shot block, you know, something like some people like those chews and that would work well for each 15 minutes. And then on the 45 minute mark, you would do a gel and just keep repeating that. Um, does that make sense? How I yeah. said that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, you know, you could also do, you know, some people really want to do real food um, kinds of things. You know, a date has about 18 grams of carbs in it, so you could do one date every 40, every 15 minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and get your needs met there. So, um, you know, you could do something like that. Um, and so, there are really lots of different options. You could do a sports drink. Instead of the chews and do a sports drink, um, you know, about four to six ounces of sports drink every fifteen minutes, but on those forty-five minute marks do a goo there as another option. So Wow, yeah. that just that feels like so much,
0: but I, I I understand the argument behind it. It just feels like a lot. You know, so I yeah. guess a, a big thing to take away from this. If nothing else, is that you've got to try this during a long run. (laughs) You know, you've got to practice and figure out what works for you, right?
2: Yes. And I think Um, if you can really keep your schedule up for the first at least half of your run, Um, then, you know, that will help you even if you can't do as much at the end, that's much better than not doing much at the beginning because you're worried you're not going to tolerate things. And then, you know, really crashing and burning and feeling bad at the end of your run because you didn't, you didn't have enough fuel to finish strong. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, I think that's a life changer for a lot of runners is just getting that in earlier and you don't have to start with that much, you know, you could do less, but you still need to do it every 15 minutes.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's a, that's a good segue into Julie's question because she is running the marathon and she says, I ran 15 miles yesterday and was getting really hungry towards the end. That was about three hours. And I anticipate about a five and a half hour race time for her marathon. She says she eats, chews every three miles and drinks water, but clearly that isn't doing the trick. Is there something else I should bring along on my run? Should my family meet me later in the race and give me a banana? My breakfast was wheat with oh wheat toast with peanut butter. Yes. What would so- you do with Julie's what would you tell Julie?
2: Yeah, I think there are probably a couple of things going on with Julie. I think she probably needs a little bit more for her pre-run breakfast if she can tolerate it. I don't know if she did two pieces of wheat toast, but Um, It depends on, you know, how many grams of carbs the wheat toast has. Some of those only have 10 grams of carbs per piece. And so that's where, you know, something like a bagel that has 60 grams of carbs in a bagel um, works a lot better before a run. Because really, you know, 60 to 100 grams of carbs is what most people are shooting for before a long run just okay. to give you a number there. So okay. most females, so somewhere in there, but, um, you know, she, if she just has one piece of wheat toast with peanut butter, she may be getting, you know, 20 grams of carbs, which isn't near enough. Um, you know, and depending on how much peanut butter she's eating, she may not be getting enough protein either. Cause again, protein helps you feel a little bit, you know, full or longer. So I would suggest maybe doing an egg or adding a few chia seeds on top of the peanut butter, which has a little bit more protein in it. Um, So those are a couple suggestions before her for her pre-workout meal. And then during, I don't know what her pace is, but most people three miles would be too late, you know, to start um, doing her chews. And so I would suggest doing them every two miles um, and start, you know, starting early. And if she wanted to add a banana, that would be great. Um, But I would suggest doing it early than later whenever her stomach's not digesting as well. Okay.
0: And this is a random question. And Sarah, I want you to ask Ritz question. But a lot of people asked, and I was going to wait until race day, but if we are carrying so much to eat every 15 minutes, how do you carry it all? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, how you, what, what do you tell your clients? Well, we carrying like bananas and sandwiches and stuff
2: like that. Yes, I know some people put bananas in their sports bra or whatever, but you
0: know, (laughs) or just put uh, down the
1: front of your tights. It's a really good look.
2: That's really (laughs) uh, good. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Whatever, wherever you need to put it. But yes, carrying it is hard, and that's one reason I don't bring bananas and things like that. So I. You know, I usually do more gels and, and blocks, but I just, I carry a fuel belt and then I, you know, we have to, we are forced to wear sports bras and so we can <laughs> use those to our advantage, you know, and I do put things in sports bras sometimes. I also, um, you know, you safety pin things to my shorts. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you can, you know, get creative, uh, but you have to have some sort of fuel belt or backpack or something to carry the fuel with you. Um, sure. uh, I have to yeah, say so, that
1: putting it in your bra would be real impetus for then eating it early in the run because otherwise yes. you're going to have chafing from hell. Yeah. And so then you're like, "Well, uh, Cassie says I got to start at 15 minutes and I want to get this thing out of my bra." So I'm yeah. going That's to right. start now. No,
0: it's, it that what's, it actually works well. I mean, I've I've put a, um gels in my bra a lot like in between, you know, the girls and um and especially on a cold day, it keeps them warm, right? Yes, so they're not yes. they're not uh They're not um, so they're more of a frosting consistency than like toothpaste. So um, so that works. But yeah, and then of course, like I mean, we we always talk about the Saucony Bullet Capris, and they have the pockets on the sides. But I mean, you know, at some point those are going to get full, right? I mean, especially if you're carrying seven gels or something. And can I say, um, Cassie, you
1: saying about the pinning gels to your waistband? I'd seen a lot of people do that in half marathons and marathons and I just thought it was the way of carrying it but then um the gals actually there were some gals over here helping me stuff the swag that went out to everybody in the train like a mother club and somebody was mentioning how well it worked because then if you're if it's pinned on there securely enough you just have to rip at it and then you're left with just that little tab at the top still attached to your shorts and yes. so and I'm like oh, that's brilliant that never occurred to me before um, yeah, that's
2: exactly what I do. So, yeah, you know.
1: yeah, and I, I haven't tried it yet, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get me some serious safety pins, not those little junky ones like they give you races, you know. And and I was like, oh, that you know, all of my years of running, I never knew that. So
2: yeah, yeah, um, and I usually flip them inside. I do actually, I do cut the edges just a little bit. I trim mm-hmm. the edges so they're rounded mm-hmm. edges. Oh that's yeah, something, mm-hmm. you know that will help with the chafing as well. So um, that's something we should give that suggestion to Goo to to round their edges.
1: That is a Down good point. the edges.
2: It is because, yeah.
1: because I mean, I've gotten some, t- and you know, and my girls are not big. And so there's a lot of room in there and they, I have gotten some horrible chafing. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe the the packets are moving around too much.
2: Right, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, that a, you know, it's the- a tender part of
1: the body to get <laughs> yeah. chafing on. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to Diane and Lana's questions. They both had the same ones of sorts. And Cassie, you've sort of touched on it already, but we'd like to know a few more options for nutrition during workouts and races other than gels and chews. And uh, Diane, and I don't know whether it was Diane or Lana, but they said, um, I've been eliminating processed foods, and gels seem like an obvious next step. Are there more natural options that are easy to carry, easy to digest, and nutrient dense? So you already mentioned dates, and um, we've ruled out bananas, probably. Uh, <laughs> right. The sandwich, the, yeah. the sandwich doesn't fit in the bra so well. So, what are some what are some other things that people could be carrying with them?
2: Yes, and some people do uh, actually carry sandwiches, but they cut them into four pieces, you know, four small squares, and they would eat one of those little small squares every fifteen minutes and that would be you know something with either peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and honey Something like that. Um, I also make uh, little energy balls, and um, and I could get you the oh, recipe yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. But um, but it does have some dates. Coconut oil is actually a, a good fuel for running. It has what we call medium-chain triglycerides, so those are transported to your liver for fuel, um, and so they can be used a little bit differently. Um, I'll usually put a few oats in there, chia seeds, and almond butter, and those, and then you make little balls and you freeze them. <laughs> And so, um, but again, you'd have to carry those in, you know, a little I use one of those snack size baggies and put that in my fuel belt. Um, and I I, I put salt I put salt in those as well because sometimes you just don't want something that's overly sweet. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you just get tired of that. But boiled potatoes work well. Not everybody likes those. Um, those little new potatoes that are a little harder, not the big um brown potatoes that you bake. Um, those don't, don't those bring don't Idaho bite
1: potatoes with you then. Right.
2: So uh, in wrap, that pocket, doesn't
1: wrapped in tin foil with some sour cream and chives. Yeah. Cassie told me to do this. Yep.
2: <laughs> so, uh, and raisins work really well too. Those are really easy uh, to eat as well. And so and people like the taste of those or any you know any kind of dried fruit. So um but I you know and so I usually have people do a mix of dried fruit and then those little energy balls. Um, that you can make and you can, you know, you can add all sorts of stuff to them to make them what you like. I, I also like, um, the little ginger the little ginger that's, um, sugar-coated ginger. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, that's good. Um, oh, that's really Yes.
2: Good. So, um, and, and ginger snaps, you know, I make a homemade little ginger snap ball as well. And I've eaten those on, on a run too, because ginger kind of calms your stomach that's... and I just like ginger snaps. Well, that's what I was thinking that, that
1: that, crystallized ginger, that would be really nice to calm down that queasiness that kind of sets in, in the, in the second half of a long run often.
2: Yes, yeah. so it, mm. it does. So I, I like ginger snaps before a run, and I always do the, the Trader Joe's triple ginger cookies that pass oh, yeah, the yeah, pistach- yeah, yeah. yeah, those. That's one of my favorite uh, pre workout fuels as well so because mm. they're cookies you know because they, they're cookies I, <laughs> so, <laughs> enough said <laughs> there you go. but um but yeah so those are a few options you know that that you can do i i do steer people away from dry things like crackers or pretzels because they really are hard to eat whenever you're running hard because your mouth is a little dry so something that's a little more moist is is better so
1: also i'm thinking they wouldn't last all that well in a bag it would be like right. like oh here's my bag full of dust
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> so. i
0: also like um lara bars like when i was doing yep. iron man those were good and then i also really like um the cliff z bars for kids they're kind yeah. of uh they're not um they're moist which yeah they're is a softer gross yeah. Word. yeah they're softer um
2: <laughs> yeah. you know they're
0: not like a, a nature valley granola bar where you kind of crunch 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 but they're softer so i i often have those um has two more options. Those are not quite as whole food as we're talking about as dates, but they Lara bars are probably yeah. not Z mm-hmm. bars.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lara bar. Yeah, that's basically what what I'm talking about. It's kind of like a Lara bar, but just made a little bit. You know exactly how I like it. But yeah, yeah. Lara no, bars, bars are great. That. I they even definitely... have those small yeah. ones, or you could cut it.
1: Well, I was going to say that the um, the people who joined the got their swag bags kind of in the second wave of them got Lara bars in them, and that and that got the kind of little party size ones. Um, oh yes. so yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah there you go all right okay well so now let's head back off the road because i think you've given some great tips for for when you're running we have kathy who writes um last week i was fine but this week i'm hungry nearly all the time and it's only week three and a step back week in the training so the training is easier any idea why i'm eating the same food and my cross training is the same should i try to ignore it um or should i eat more
2: that that's a great question. So um a couple of things could be going on if she if Kathy is trying to lose weight and she's been doing that then sometimes after about 2 or 3 weeks your body's uh, fat cells get to know what I'll call a critical low, because our fat cells like to be like nice and full and fluffy, and um, <laughs> and they, you know, we don't lose fat cells. Unfortunately, they just get smaller, and so when they get to a certain point, they start to get hangry themselves. And, um, <laughs> And they, they're wanting you to fill them back up. So, um, you know, so that could be going on. She's at that timing where if maybe she just started, you know, exercising more and eating a little healthier, that those fat cells might be, you know, getting a little um, low. And so they're trying to fill back up. So sometimes your body can just make you feel hungry. And if you can keep eating the same, Um, as before then you can you know your body will adjust and you'll keep losing fat so um, so if you know she's been doing all those things then I would suggest her just to to continue doing what she's doing Um, sometimes in recovery week as well you know you have to think about you're breaking your body down during training and in recovery week you're building back up stronger and you still need to eat, you know, at those times. So she may actually be eating less than she realizes if, you know, maybe she ate more during the run or before the run when she was doing longer workouts. So, you know, make sure that she's still getting those pre and post snacks and um, all of her snacks throughout the day this week and and just, you know, keep moving forward. But, um, but make sure she's still getting enough because people tend to eat a little less when they're not training as much sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. So here we have a question from Lisa and it's about protein. There were several questions about protein and she says, um, Lisa has um, heard that it's best to take in some protein within 30 to 45 minutes of completing a hard workout, like a long run to aid recovery. She says, but by the time I get home and around to eating slash drinking, it is way after an hour. Lisa, we don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, um, And she said she started, uh, using a protein powder pre run slash race, um, and uh, so she puts it, puts a scoop of the powder in a shaker, takes it in the car with her, and then after the um, workout, she adds water, shakes it, and drinks. She says it's worked well so far, um, but she's wondering if the protein she's using is best. And then, as a follow-up, she says she's also read something about eating protein, like a peanut butter sandwich before bed helps with muscle-building recovery what are your thoughts on this? And I have to say, I'm particularly intrigued to hear your answer on that one.
2: Yes. Yeah. So great question. So, um, yes, you do need protein right after a workout. And really, I usually say within 15 to 30 minutes, and sometimes that can be difficult. Um, whenever, you know, you're, especially for us moms, we get done with our run and then immediately, you know, we are on to doing other things. And so, So, um, you know, so I do suggest having something there. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of protein powder just because they, it's so processed, but if you really have no other option, then it is better than nothing. And so, um, you know, what I suggest instead, and I'll go back to the protein powder in a minute, but what I suggest instead is, um, you know, maybe a bowl. I, I have a granola that's just oats and nuts, um, and I use that. I have a small bowl of that as soon as I walk in the door in the morning because I run in the morning, and then I will get my kids' breakfast going and get my shower maybe, and then um, and then I'll eat my normal breakfast, you know. After that, so after all of that, where I'll have eggs, that, you know, and that kind of thing. So, uh, but it has to be for most people something really quick. It could be if you do dairy, it could be a yogurt, for example. That gives you plenty of protein, a Greek yogurt like a vanilla Greek yogurt, and then you get the carbs and the protein, um, or you could do chocolate milk, which you know I've talked to you guys about before. That also works. And you really just need about 10 grams of protein um, just to get that process started of rebuilding, to let your body know you have the fuel to build stronger, and that's your goal. Um, and then within an hour, have your normal breakfast.
0: Okay. Okay, So we're going to need that granola recipe as well. We'll share that with you, Lisa. So
2: Yes. And uh, as far as the protein powder, if you are, if you have to do a protein powder, and again, you can just get in the habit of that because it's easy, but it definitely is not as healthy as having a whole food. But if you do a protein powder, I suggest doing the unflavored kind that's just a whey protein isolate that's the you know highest quality protein that you can get and it's not going to have anything strange added to it and then you could add you know whatever fruit or something to it if you could so but she probably if she's just doing shaker she's just doing water um and it's not going to be very tasty,
1: but not really mm. sounding really appealing. Like, I know yeah. uh, you
0: go mm. after a race, it's in your car. You're like, Oh, it sounds, yeah. it sounds gritty. It sounds yeah. like, you know, so, Mir- right. Miralax that isn't, uh, dissolved. Isn't, uh, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. But they have, yeah, they have put, um, up chocolate milk and a protein drink, you know, like that, um, you know, put it side by side and research and the chocolate milk does just as well and a little better. So, yeah. to and it's, me, and it's so dang tasty yes so (laughs) it's cheaper it's tasty you know so um so that's important well lisa had put i should say i edited it out but she said she can't keep chocolate milk cold in her
0: car but i have to say like get a lunchbox or a little cooler and a little ice thing and just i mean that's that's cold enough unless she's like living in uh a koozie (laughs) um in you know i don't know the tropics south but, texas uh,
2: uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah but even then i would bring you know we would just have a cooler in your car like you said that's the best way to do it so um yeah and you could even freeze it before and then just leave oh, it in your car
1: oh because then it would be brilliant. like a like a milkshake yep. almost yep. yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah there you go yeah
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh, yeah. Now uh, we're really cooking yeah,
1: yeah so yes. okay so, i love that phrase um so <laughs> um so and then how about that peanut butter sandwich before bedtime
2: Yes, and so when anyone is actively trying to put muscle mass on, one of the you know one of the best ways to do that research shows is to have that high protein snack before bed. And so I'm you know again I would suggest something a little bit higher in protein than a peanut butter sandwich, although a peanut butter sandwich would work as well. So, uh, but either you know an egg boiled egg and a piece of cheese and a few nuts, you know that's a good snack for before bed. That's kind of something that people would enjoy. Um, But yes, that does that does work well if someone's not actively trying trying to build muscle, then you don't really have to have that because you can get plenty of protein during the day. So it's kind of one of those, I look at at how many calories they typically eat during the day and, and when their exercise is and what their weight loss goals are. If it's more of a fat burning kind of goal and not a muscle mass putting on goal, then you wouldn't need to add those extra calories right before bed.
0: All right. Last question um, before we go to our speed round, just because three women asked this um, about being a salty sweater. Um, yes. Stacey, Michelle and Sarah have salt crusted on their face after a long run. I've read articles online, but I'm still confused. Do I need more salt or less salt? Am I drinking too much water? Not enough. When somebody um, is a heavy sweater, what, what recommendations do you have for them, Cassie?
2: I would suggest that that they all weigh themselves before and after and see how much fluid they're losing because it could be you know both salt and fluid that they need more of. So um, and those are separate. You know, some people do have more salt in their sweat, so she would need more salt if she's a salty sweater. And so um, I would suggest, you know, especially when people are eating all this whole food and less processed stuff, you know, you're not getting a whole lot of salt on your day-to- day, Nutrition, day to day eating, and so I suggest adding salt to your cooking and your food. You don't need to restrict salt um, necessarily if you're a runner, especially if you're a salty sweater. So, um, and then you know if if you're having cramping issues, then you might need to add more salt during your run. If you're not having cramping issues, then you know just focus on trying to maintain your weight, you know, plus or minus one pound or two pounds at the most, but you don't want to lose more than, uh, you know, more than maybe one or two pounds from your weight. And some people lose five pounds in a run, you know, that's not good. No. So, no, so, so, so when
0: yeah. so you say weight yourself, just to be clear, so I'm going out for my, say a 11 mile run. So I'm going to go out, I'm going to weigh myself before naked, right? Um, And then come home and weigh myself again naked. And if I've drank, I know how many ounces are that I've drank along the way. So if I say if I lost three pounds and I drank 18 ounces, I've lost a pound and a half. Is that right?
2: So. Right. Yeah. So you, and you drank 18 ounces and oh, so wait, you 16, would, no, six, yeah, you
0: would actually, 16 ounces is a pound, right? Is a pound. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, and you would actually need to drink, you know, if you, if you lost three pounds, then that's how much more you would need to drink. So 16 times three. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, okay.
2: yeah. And so then if you would add that 18, that 16 times three, add the 18, that would be the total amount you should have drank for that 11 mile run.
1: Mm. Okay.
2: Which is a lot more than what you did drink. To say, <laughs> so, that's a big. That's a
1: big number. Huh?
2: Yeah. You know, and so, but most people, you know, again for fluid, I some people don't really know where to start, but um, dehydration is one of the top things that can really slow you down. You know, and so, and since you're going to be taking your carbs in every 15 minutes, that's a great time to also take in fluid. And um, and so, if you start with 24 ounces per hour, um, that's kind of the minimum that most people need. And so, um, you know, we're talking. You need at least four ounces, you know, for every fifteen minutes. So, um, wow! And we're gonna just be pushing
0: a grocery cart around. <laughs> yeah, I'm going on my long run. I just need this cart from King Super. Um, okay. All right. Well, yeah. That's, it's it's going to take a little brainstorm to figure this all out, but um, totally great and helpful information. <laughs> um, Okay. So quick speed round. We did this at the end of the last one. It was fun. So mm-hmm. just a quick answer to these six things. The first one um, is one thing you would tell the 5K group just starting to run. What would you tell them, Sarah?
1: I would say save things to listen to that you only listen to on a run. It's like the way you give, you know, a a kid a toy only like on like when you're on a call or something, you know, and you save that and you put it away afterwards. So like the Rock My Run mixes that we've shared, um, listen, I only listen to those when I'm running. So I have something to look forward to or have a podcast, say, for instance, that you only listen to on a run.
2: Good one. What about you, Cassie? Um, I would say, remembering back when I was doing my my first 5K, um, is that your body can do more than you think it can. So I had no idea what I could accomplish until I started running. So
0: that's, cool. that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And mine would just be forward motion. Any speed is good. Is a good speed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, okay. Fun. Um, your best recent run, Cassie. Um, Oh, I think that would be just my last Saturday run with my girlfriends. I took some recovery time after my last race and and getting back with them. I love my girls that I run with, so, and no expectations. You know, I wasn't training for anything, just running. Yep, awesome. What about you, Sarah? Uh,
1: Last Thursday, I think it was, Molly had the day off, so we got to run after I dropped kids off at school. So there was daylight um,
0: uh,
2: so. <laughs> yes, that's always nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great.
1: And, Dim, um, how about you?
0: Uh, I took uh, Mason, our dog, on a run on last Friday, and usually he pulls, like, no tomorrow, which is usually helpful, right? I like a, I like a good assist, but we just had a really good run. It was a heart rate-based run, and we were able to, for some reason, he just didn't have the the extra spark in him, which was nice. So that he was great.
1: E- he hadn't eaten enough carbs, I think, maybe. Yeah,
0: exactly. He needed <laughs> a goo 15 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> all right what about because what goes up must come down so what was your worst recent run
1: that's a very easy question for me to answer my 16 miler a week and a half ago was just torture it was out eight miles out eight miles back I was coming off a illness and then we were running into the wind and I didn't realize it until we turned around and then it got got easier but it was a slog so
0: yeah what about you Cassie have you had a bad one recently uh.
2: Yeah, I I absolutely hate the wind, and last week we had a four, up to 40-mile gust, oh. and, and it was cold, and it was dark, and yeah, that was a rough one. so yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then- I
2: have to say, you know, the wind I think goes with me too. I mean, I, when I was
0: in Chicago a couple weekends ago, I really wanted to enjoy running by the lakefront, and I didn't, and I think it was because it was just so windy that mm-hmm. I just was just like, okay, I'm ready, I'm done. It kind of, because it just depletes you, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: It's yes. unrelenting, yeah.
0: Yeah. okay so you're on the run what's your favorite like goo related fuel like flavor chomps gel what what do you like the most
1: i am loving the new flavor of goo energy gel which is cucumber mint which um i realize is not to everyone's taste but i i like a um i'm not a big sweet person when i'm running so it has a nice crispness with the mint and the cucumber it all kind of reminds me of being at a spa so it's um kind of um Ooh. refreshing
2: it's nice. Mm-hmm. What about you, Cassie? What yeah. do you like? I like I love their espresso gels. Those are the ones <laughs> I use. You <laughs> so, man, I was just saying espresso uh, love, man. That that yeah. that I could you know
0: I could mainline that into my veins. I think. I
2: just, yeah, I a... I, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> All, right.
0: All right. So, but if you're not if you if you're going the date route, the date raisin PBJ route, your favorite real food that you eat on the run, if you do eat that.
1: Sarah do you ever eat real food on the run I do I I have not except on occasion on um like when I ran the Portland Marathon the first time I qualified for Boston I had my friend Sharon hand me a bagel around mile 19 and then I just kind of slowly chewed it for the next couple miles and and swallowed it but um (laughs) but yeah but I'm not I until this podcast I was not much for real food but I I think I'm gonna
0: give it a try
2: well, all
0: right. Yeah. Well good. Yeah. What about you? What do you your as your energy balls, Cassie? <laughs> yes, yes. Those those
2: would be my favorite real food for
0: uh, fueling. Yes. Yeah. All right, all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to answer. I didn't mean to jump your gun. No, that was that's correct. <laughs> all right, okay. Um and I have to say I, I do like a peanut butter. I had peanut butter and honey when I did Iron Man and I've got some, you know runs coming up that are going to be in the four plus hour range and i think i'm gonna do some peanut butter and honey quartered but not on ezekiel bread
1: <laughs> but i think you have yes. to put i think now we have to put sea salt on it because oh, i'll put
0: some salt on it too yeah and maybe yeah, bananas too i can because bananas you can carry in a sandwich right i like to slice them. Yes. Yeah, i can yeah.
1: can i just also say that i have to, i think elvis would um want to fry that up but other than <laughs> that
0: <laughs> i will not be doing that no <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, and then your last mo- and the last thing—if you have a mantra right now that you use when you're running, what do you what are you using to get to Boston in 2016, Sarah?
1: So I used it on my eight times three minute tempo hill repeats the other day,
0: which is "Stay strong." Stay strong. All right. Do you have one these days, Cassie, as you run for recreation?
2: <laughs> yes, mine is "Enjoy the journey." Yeah, you know, I'm I'm very task oriented, and I kind of focus on uh, get just getting to the end result, and sometimes I. Miss out on all the stuff. I should be stopping and list- smelling the roses on the way there. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, it, Mine's going to
0: be, mine, it's going to be. I've been working on breathe, breathe, oh, deep yes. breaths. Yeah.
2: Oh my it's harder than you think. Breathing. It is. <laughs> it is.
0: And yeah, I was just trying to, especially, we've been working actually in the Train Like a Mother Club. Um, I give out uh, these messages over Modigo, which is an app that um, can play different messages along. Uh, a run. And um, we've been talking about a last mile mantra. So Mm -hmm. like, it's the last mile of your challenge race. And this is your last chance to get out of the race what you wanted to So what is that? Is it enjoy? Is it breathe? Is it push? Is it whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. when um, one woman came up with faith, which I thought was great. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. So that's kind of another way to think about it. Like you have one mantra, and then that last mile, you're like, okay, this is it, this is my last (laughs) shot, let's go, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that
1: is awesome. Well, gosh, thank you so much Cassie. I, I feel um like I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast because I I definitely can take away a lot from this. This is awesome. Well,
2: good. Yeah. Well, we really one more just finishing thing. We we talked a lot about carbs, but um, you know, just to tell you and make sure that people understand how important they are, you know, re- research actually shows that if you do a mouthwash of something that has carbohydrates like a sports drink, say at the end of your race, your stomach shuts down. Or you don't feel like eating a lot. Even if you put some sports drink in your mouth or a gel in your mouth with some water and swish it around um, and spit it out, your brain actually gets that trigger that you're—it's getting carbs—and you will fire more muscles and be able to run longer and stronger than if you didn't do that. So.
1: I heard that um, uh, that research, I've heard it several years ago, and I can't tell you how often I then totally swish my gel in my mouth to be like, reinforcements are coming, it's okay, here it comes. <laughs> <Yes>. and, um, <laughs> and, and there have been times that, you know, mile 24 or something of a marathon, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to swish it and then just spit it out.
2: Yeah, you know? I've done that as well. And you know, it does, you know, so your brain really likes to have to know that it has carbohydrates mm-hmm. and your it holds, but it always holds back. You always have a little bit left in from your muscles, um, but your brain is the one holding them back. So keeping that brain happy with those carbs during your run really can help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm awesome
0: all right so let's all go swish to get to get belt. most of our day we're gonna go swish some gel spit it out and then go work like we're on a tempo run right (laughs) except for cassie who's going to enjoy her spring break that's right (laughs) well thank you so much you've been super helpful and um and we will see you next time at our next train like a mother club podcast many happy (laughs) smile.